This is a HeadGum Original. In 1977, NASA sent two solid gold records into space so that aliens might find them and understand life on Earth. I send greetings on behalf of the people of our planet and friendly wishes to all who may encounter this voyager. Now, we're making new records with our friends. We step out of our solar system into the universe seeking only peace and friendship. We know full well that our planet and all its inhabitants are but a small part of this immense universe that surrounds us. Hello from the children of planet Earth. What's up, dude? Oh, nothing. How's your day going? Oh, how is my day going? I think nice. Yeah? Yeah, why not? I mopped the kitchen floor today. That's part of what made it nice for me. Yeah, in our shared home. The <laughs> listeners need to know. We live together. Yeah, they know, I think. It's difficult because we have a white tile kitchen floor. Brag. We're bragging. Huge brag. If you guys don't have white tile... Get a grip. Although, have you decided whether or not we cracked the tile? I have decided that that was there before we moved in. Okay. Because we didn't put anything heavy in there. There's no, a big but crack. one of my boxes did break. Famously. There's a big crack, listeners, big in our kitchen crack floor. On the kitchen floor, and we're curious if, if we did that or if maybe it was done onto us. And we've decided... I think it had to have been there before, for, <laughs> at least for legal purposes for on the pod, for, we yeah, have to for, say. Yeah, for if this is going on the record. <laughs> for the record? Couldn't have been us. Couldn't have been us. Would never have been us. My box never broke. I was lying before. If anything, liar. we've added value to the house. I would say I've added value, yeah. Yeah. Well, you add value in that you have value. What? What were we watching last night? Oh, Greenberg. Greenberg. Oh, and, yeah. And he said, and, and he you, says, have value, you have value as she goes in to get... Spoiler. It's a 10-year-old movie. She goes in to get an abortion. And he says, you have value. And she says, I know. You don't have to say that. Um, That was Greta Gerwig. She's an icon. It was also Ben Stiller. Also, you know, good. But um, his character was unlikable. Ben Stiller, the man. Iconic. Iconic. The movie Greenberg should have been about Greta Gerwig's character. Yeah, and not not about Ben Stiller's. But we support Ben Stiller. You know what? Do you know the movie? Oh, God. It's camp. He's a camp director and he's really mean. Oh, mean camp director, 2006. <laughs> no, but I, whatever it was. Heavyweights. 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 Okay, you know the movie Heavyweights? Right. Ben Stiller does a workout where he slides on a thing and it's like he's going side to side. And it made me want to work out as a kid more than anything. There's nothing that seemed more fun to me in the Before world. Before we get into that, because I know a guy who's going to want to comment on heavyweights. <laughs> Let's introduce our guest today. Okay. You know him from Twitter. You know him from the Who's Your God podcast. You know him from the Chatterbox in Los Angeles. Please welcome... Steve Hernandez. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. I've been looking so forward to this. We have been talking since we reached out to you about how excited we are to have you. This is iconic. Every car ride. Every car drive. Every ride around in the car. Every ride in the car. (laughs) 
you know, we drive around that, a lot. For the listeners, you don't know this. I don't know if you do this, Shelby, uh, but Caleb sends voice memos instead of texting. And so the first interaction I had with both of them is they were driving in a car talking about sending the voice memos. And at first, as an older Mexican man, I was bothered. Uh, <laughs> but the more I started to think about it, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. It's perfect. It still gets done what you want done with the text. But you're able to add you know, the voice uh, intonation and you're like really yeah. painting a picture with it instead of just the flat words. Cause a lot yeah. of times, you know, that's one thing that's a drawback from text. I don't like to have those uncomfortable texts sometimes because uh, I'm afraid that, you know, it, it ruins friendships. Yeah. We're both big voice memo people. We're big voice memo folks. It gets the immediacy of a phone call without having to spend time on the phone and you're <laughs> on your own schedule. So like, I get the part of the phone call that I prefer over text, which is like, I get to say what I need to say and I get to say it how I want to say it. And I don't have to like look at it, but I don't need someone on the line picking up. It's like, you'll respond when you respond. Steve, have you ever been in a group chat where voice memos were going off? No, it's that's the drawback of voice memos. So I will say voice memos good up until the point in a group chat of like more than three people when they're just streaming in. There's like some bit people are doing. It's like backstage at a comedy show when people have gotten too hype on a bit. You can't get out of it. It's scary. I like that. That's the chaos that I thrive on. I like it if I'm sitting in a room with nothing else to do, but if I'm like trying to watch a TV show and be a part of it, it's sometimes. Well, sure. That's the other drawback of a voice memo. It's like, if you're doing something, it's like, I got to like pause it. Or like if I'm in a room, someone walks in the room, I'm like, oh, well, I can't really look or read this right now. You know, it's a, it's a solo act. Voice memos are solo acts. You have to be done on your own. It's a solo podcast. Ben Stiller's heavyweight. It's important to all fat people uh, across the world. Uh, you know, very a young person watching that, and you're like, maybe I can get the girl. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> and just a couple of them were ugly too. They're like just fat but charming, but right. all, just an all star fat kid cast and really funny. I think probably one of my absolute favorite Ben Stiller roles, one of his earliest too, but. He's very, very good in that. Uh, big ups to heavyweights. I love that fucking movie. Do you think that's the same character as Dodgeball? Yes. His character in Heavyweights yes. is the same Absolutely. character yes. as Dodgeball. White Goodman. <laughs> same character as, what was his name? I couldn't tell you. In Heavyweights. I keep wanting to call him Sparky Pulaski, but that's not it. That's the trainer from... He's got like three characters. He's got like three <laughs> of them. He had a whole sketch show, but Ben Stiller will go back to the three. You'll see him keep going back to Tony the Tony well. Perkis. Uh, Steve, have you seen Greenberg 2010 Noah Baumbach film? Yes, I just watched the first half hour of it last week. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Why are we all watching this movie right now? Um, I watch. I saw it the first time, and it's not one of my favorites. Uh, he, he's very unlikable. But now that I've been living in LA, I'm from West Covina, which is a suburb of of Los Angeles. But now that I've been I've been in LA proper for seven years, and so I was like, yeah, I want to check out the East Side. Like this is my home now. And so they're all they're cruising the Silver Lake Lounge. They used to have a a big fa a couple of famous comedy mics there and everything. So. I'm just kicking back there, fucking watching it. And I'm like, this is my town now. But, you know, yeah, that's an east side. I, I do like Greenberg now. He's very unlikable. But, you know, Silver Lake Los Feliz is covered with these guys that are like the Ben Stiller character that are like Greenberg. And then these perfect angels like Greta Gerwig. So what are you going to do? So you're pro 
pro Ben Stiller's character in Greenberg. I or you think just think it, he did an incredible job portraying a very real character. It's, of a, Los it's a good vibe. These guys who like are maybe rich that are staying in some beautiful home. You you guys haven't been here long enough, but it'll happen like all the time where somebody will invite you and you're like, what the fuck? Like I went up I, before I got into stand up 10 years ago, I went through like the UCB thing and I never really got into it. But like, I think, I think the third class, some guy was like, Oh, we could do it at my house. And we went to his house and it was in the Hills. And I was like, I was like, what do you do, man? He's like, oh, nothing, whatever. And then we like ended up getting drunk and like hitting the jacuzzi. And he wrote Ocean's Eleven and Matchstick Men. So that, that I mean, this kind of stuff happens all the time, really. And he was in UCB. And he was just taking fucking improv classes because he probably didn't wow. have anything to do. Uh, and also, he, I think he probably wanted to meet women. That was the kind of vibe I was getting from him. But you'll bump into That's that awesome. kind of shit all the time. He said, oh, I don't do much. I, I just don't write do much. I just write films. Blo- yeah, I just I dabble in writing. I know. Imagine <laughs> I that guy's life. He's got a big fat Mexican guy over. He's getting drunk at his house. He's like, what? I'm, I'm taking improv classes. He's like, what, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. Huh? You Ocean's Eleven piece of shit. <laughs> God, if I was that successful and wealthy in entertainment and a teacher was like, I want you to initiate more with a positive energy. I'd be like, no. I'd be like, that's awesome. And I love the feedback, but ultimately I'm not here for it. Hey, that's crazy. I wrote Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) I don't like where you took the scene. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, let me tell you something about scenes. Well, it would have made 50 million at the box office. (laughs) Oh, you don't like how I took the scene? You didn't like my decisions? Trust me when I say. That nice guy too, a guy named Ted. Very nice guy. Everyone can look him up because Steve, he wrote Steve Ocean's Eleven. I loved him. I thought he was really cool, <laughs> <laughs> and he was good at improv. He was awesome at improv. Really good initiations. We had Matt Besser's. Uh, oh my god, we had Matt Besser's wife as a teacher, <laughs> and she seemed very battered down. So Matt Besser, quit stand up and become a fan, the family man you're supposed to become. Okay, <laughs> go. <laughs> Everyone, go <laughs> hang out with your wife. Let this be a lesson. Let this be a lesson. Steve, um, Steve listen. We brought you here for a reason. We really did. We want to know, if you were in charge of your own golden record, what would you put on it, Big Dog? Have you guys seen the movie Contact? No. No. Dude, tonight, watch Contact. <laughs> it's Jodie Foster's movie. This isn't on my record, but this is basically, in a lot of ways, what this movie's about is Jodie Foster plays like the person who listens and those big like satellite things, those big ones and listens for alien stuff. And then the aliens begin to talk back. It features Matthew McConaughey. Carl Sagan wrote the book that basically intertwines (laughs) faith in science. I thought of that because when I was listening to your uh, first episode with Holmes Holmes, she mentioned or you mentioned that the guy co-wrote like Carl Sagan and the guy who like did Mm -hmm. all the art stuff for this (laughs) helped him. They were like cohorts. So this movie, this book that I've read is so instrumental. They talk about the, the exactly what we're talking about in this thing too. All that to say that at some point at the end, I'm not going to say who, but they send a character to meet aliens and, uh, that the whole thing is about vibes, right? So the whole thing is like feelings and shit. <laughs> okay, so wait. I, that's yeah, so I, 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 okay, let wait. me let me tell you the Jodie Foster's famous character says 
they should have sent a poet as she's weeping. They should have sent a poet. <laughs> yeah. So she's saying that stuff. All that to say that when I was ch- ch- uh, for, uh, given this challenge of what would your five gold plates be? You gave me some examples, but I was just sitting in my blue chair. If you follow me on Instagram, you see this is where I take pictures of my beautiful bride to be, you know, watching television. But I was sitting in my blue chair, <laughs> racking my fucking brains. What are these five? And I was trying to squeeze them into like actual artifacts. And Julia was like, dude, I think they just want to have a conversation. And I was like, but ah, and you were like, they should have picked a poet. And you were like, no, they won't. They will get artifacts. I will go. I'm going to do pure vibes because each of them is just to me about vibes. Now we talked, we communicated. I wanted to surprise you guys, but I was like, I'm going to surprise you guys. And then you're like, okay. And I was like, I better not. <laughs> we were very receptive. Yeah, hey. We were very receptive <laughs> we to said, being surprised. We said we love that. You were. But I just know I knew what I was thinking, and I was like, I don't want to just spring some of these on these guys. I want them to fucking marinate to be able to. I don't want to surprise anybody doing anything. <laughs> and so I've got fucking my vibes that I want on this. So when the aliens open up these fucking plates, they're just going to fucking feel shit. You know what I mean? They're going to fucking it. vibe it out. They're going to understand humanity through some kind of mind meld thing. This isn't going to be a, as simple as a <laughs> Beatles song or, you know, an orangutan, like, screaming bloody murder. Mm-hmm. Okay, drag the original. This is going to be fucking... They're going to open that shit up, and they're just going to fucking vibe out mankind. And so... What are they vibing with? Yeah, Give Tell us an item. I dare you. All right, I'm going to. <laughs> you know, I know I'm just setting this up right here. All right, first one right here. Having chips and dip with my family at the holidays. Yeah. That's the first one yeah. they're going to feel. This is like right here. I'm, I'm fucking talking like in such a way right now. Like you got to know a few things about my family. <laughs> Terrible cooks. Do not believe Hold the on. hype about Mexicans. Those, Who's making the dip? There's some. They're all, well, the dip's fine. That's okay. why we're well, that's why we're pounding the dip, okay? Because okay. I got some dry ass turkey, I got dry <laughs> ass ham, and I got dry ass tamales coming at me, fucking hot. And so my family uh, was always like, we would pound this chip and dip. So ever since we were little, I just remember a bunch of little me- Mexican kids around like so- a sour cream based dip with the, with okay. the onion dip. And now I bring it. So if I have a choice, there'll be a big sour cream or two mid sized sour creams. I'm going to midsize. This is just sour cream? No, it's sour cream with onion dip. With oh, onion dip. Two okay, packs yeah, of the yeah. powder in there, and then yeah. I get two bags of Lay's for $6, typically. That's what it's been lately. Thank you for giving us the price point, because yeah, that's, that's really, really important. important for the budget. Well, they'll know which size bag I'm talking about. That's what I'm doing. The so aliens? Getting, yeah. <laughs> yes. So they, <laughs> they know this is a value, too. So I'm filling up on this dip, but I just love my family and my cousins so much. Uh, they really are the sweetest people. There's not a rotten apple in the bunch. These are all very Just funny. All bad, bad cooks. <laughs> They're bad, but it's our parents' fault. It's the aunts and uncles. You also said, Steve, ignore the stereotypes about Mexicans being able to go. Is it a stereotype that Mexicans can make a juicy ham? I think so. Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard it. I'm here for it. You Would you think off the top of your head, Caleb, This watch this because this is going to be very incriminating, <laughs> that they would make a dry ham? Wouldn't you, if you had to bet money, say... Oh, my God. Oh, Caleb thought all I Mexicans make dry ham. Let me say something right now. First of all, I'm not scared of this question. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you set it up like it was a big gotcha. I'll do this all day, bitch. 
I don't think of Mexican people as cooking ham one way or another was my point. Oh, well, I just don't I don't want you to get in your head that I've been spoiled with food. OK, I'm not this big because <laughs> of the good Mexican food. I'm this big because I'm filling because up the dips. chips and dip. Yeah. Hell yeah. So we've got an onion sour cream dip. What, what other dips? Um, I'm open to like a standard chips and salsa thing, but that's not what I'm talking about. You know, some of my white friends, they have a I, I can think of two good white friends that have a solid seven layer dip their mom makes like a great seven layer dip Whoa. in a dish pan seven layer dip from the white friends oh yeah yeah, yeah that's what i mean i west covina I a lot of people don't know this but west covina it's where the it's where mexicans and whites have gone to meet and have little dirty looking kids so it's 80 it's 40 percent white 40 percent mexican the further out you go east from uh west from la it's just mexican and whites getting together so it's just mexican and whites molding together then we have 20%, you know, Asians and blacks and everything like that. But I'm just saying, yes, I'm tight with white people. I know white people. Thank but they're you. Also, they're also not, they're not these mid, the first time I experienced racism was moving to Los Angeles proper and meeting all these Midwest whites. It's not these kind of whites. These are like a Paul Walker <laughs> white. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking like Paul Walker whites. You know, they wear Vans. Paul Walker is a – you don't think – okay, so when I think of Paul Walker, I'm thinking Varsity Blues, Paul Walker, and that reads very Midwestern to me. Yeah, and you're thinking wrong. You got to think Fast and the Furious, Paul Walker. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. Like there's always one white guy in like – in a Latino neighborhood, they call them like milkweed, Miko, that kind of thing. Uh, and they're Dodger fans like they're a white Dodger fan to this day. If you guys don't know, listening in the aliens, if they're listening, um, the, when the angels, when they were purchased in like the late 90s, the angels became Southern California's in Los Angeles white team. So this is a very distinct thing. You guys don't know this, but the the angels are the white team. And then Mexicans got the Dodgers because whites kept leaving the city because of too many Mexicans. But you do get a fucking white Dodger fan. Sometimes you'll get like a fucking just an old school. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I love these people fucking just. And those kind of white fans, I'll fucking die for a white Dodger fan like that. I'll breathe for a white Dodger fan. Listen, I know some people that are posting pictures of the Dodgers winning World Series that I would say fall more in line with the Midwest white than the than the L.A. white. Do you think they're fakes, Steve? They're not fakes. We're L.A., so uh, we're very. They're I, I bandwagon was talking, fans. I was well, no, I was talking to Maggie, Megan Gailey and C.J. Toledano, and they're big Dodger fans now, Laker fans. They moved here. You eventually move here, and we're not trying to push you out. This is going to be your home, Shelby. This is your home now, Caleb. This is your home now. <laughs> So, Thank you. so yeah, I'm not like, no, I would be a fool to say, but if you motherfuckers came here and became angels fan sus, that's what I would say. Right okay. Wait, we're, we're waiting into, I want to, I don't want to, you talked about something really political that I think is important for this time and I don't want to gloss over it. So I want to come back. Would you top or bottom for Paul Walker? Um, well, two things, uh, or my, neither, you know, I'm not like I am queer, bisexual. I, 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 you know, I haven't ever had a very romantic relationship with a man. Caleb, we talk about this. We but do. I haven't had a romantic relationship with a man, but I would like to change that post pandemic. I would like to go on dates and experience that. But to me, why even call yourself bisexual if you're topping? To me, you better be fucking me in the back. I better be looking at a wall. I better be looking at a wall wondering what the fuck is happening back there, you know? The first time I had sex with a guy, <laughs> this is true. 
the first time I had sex with a guy and it blew my mind because I, I think I was even still a Christian or whatever. But I, I met like through a hookup line or whatever. And the first time I had sex with him and he fucked me uh, missionary style. And Whoa. I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen oh, when yeah. he was doing yeah. that and just like throws his legs over my shoulder. I was like, what the fuck is ha- I did not know what the fuck was happening. Paul Walker. I want him to fuck me missionary style. I want to look at those baby blues and I want to fucking get lost. Let me tell you how much my family loves Paul Walker. My, my fa- family loves the Fast and the Furious series as a family. We went up until part six. We went together as a family, truly taking up a row of seats. And my dad was so sad when Paul Walker died that I remember like we were just sitting there together and he would like text me a picture of like a, a smoke cloud over the crash site Stop. where Paul Walker dies. And he was he was no. like, do you see a face? Absolutely in there? not. He was Absolutely like, do, not. do you see a face in there? He said that in front of the clouds over the crash site. And mm-hmm. then uh, he was he I remember we were quiet and he said, I don't know where he's like. If it's an open funeral, I'm driving there. I don't care where it is. And he was dead serious. <laughs> he just wants to see the body. He well, doesn't no, want to go to the funeral. Paul oh, Walker's open, in our family. I was thinking, I was thinking open casket, not open funeral. No, no. Like, and I was like, let- he only wants to go if the casket's open. <laughs> I was like, I want to see his mangled body. I was like, I don't know. Like that seems a little bit too far. <laughs> Dude, the funniest thing ever. I'll send it to you guys later too. I posted it on Twitter and stuff. I've seen when, this. Yes, when Kobe died. There's somebody like posted or sent it to me and I showed it to my dad and my dad like stopped what he was doing and like looked at this. And he said, because I did it to be teasing a little bit. There's a picture of Kobe like entering heaven and Paul Walker leaning against the car and saying like need a ride. But (laughs) but he didn't he didn't say that. My dad posted this picture on his Facebook and he wrote uh, as a caption. He made up the caption need a ride. But I sent that picture to my dad and then my dad was helping me install shutters and uh he fucking stopped what he was doing and he like sat down and he said, he said, this makes me sad. And like, he said it in such a human tender way. I was like, fuck. Like I was like, yeah, me too. Now I feel a very different kind of sad when I see the, like anyone who's died in 2020 that gets put in like, Heaven standing with each other. Do you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Like, it's like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. RBG like dapping yeah. up the host of the TV yeah. show. John yeah. McCain, uh, Ruth Feldman Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> it's like Regis Feldman and RBG like sitting at a diner and getting waffles or something. And it's like rays of sunshine all on them. That makes me a different kind of sad. I'm sad that they're dead. I'm it's, more sad that that exists. But it's another layer of sadness where yeah. you're like, I never in my life needed to know that there are people imagining Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And Regis like twerking on Chadwick Boseman (laughs) as like an act of like purity and like heartfulness as a welcome to heaven I don't don't like to think that they're banging as a welcome to heaven (laughs) somebody somebody tweeted there was an earthquake in LA Brody Brody Gupta (laughs) Brody Gupta is fucking wild and LA well this is a really LA heavy episode which I guess we could have expected with Steve but uh, earthquake Twitter is a fun thing to be a part of. You see yeah. it from afar, mm-hmm. and then you move here and you get to be a part of it. Um, but Brody tweeted some version of what was it? The, it was that's RBG popping. <laughs> or no, it, no, it was like that's Chad. That was Chadwick blowing out RBG's back. <laughs> yeah, it was the funniest tweet. <laughs> 
and it was like right in earthquake twitter yeah. like it was in the perfect moment <laughs> were you guys awake for the storm for thunderstorm twitter the other day oh yeah baby. i wasn't on twitter i was awake for it but i wasn't i didn't log on it was like earthquake too it's the first time in my lifetime on twitter you know the past 10 or 11 years where it rained and lightning storm was so crazy that it became earthquake twitter be twitter because of the thunderstorm which is it was really cool and fun and then everyone it's like midnight everyone's trying to pop off the best joke they can so that's like the thing well, that's is earthquake like, twitter <laughs> yeah, yeah it's earthquake twitter so it's really funny it's in the moment but yes if they could vibe out, i didn't even talk about you know this isn't a fancy food folks all right we're not a rich people out the gate for about 20 people this is an appetizer for you know 12 13 dollars but it's rich it's salty it's fatty it's my shit that family love that delicious food that is the vibe the number one vibe that I want these aliens to know Earth is all about. So the first thing that you're putting on your records is chips and dip with the family at the holidays. And I think somewhere in there you brushed up against another one of yours. Well, I've, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly which one you're talking about. I know which one he's talking about. Tell me and I'll, I'll dive into it. You said that you, you, you told us before the recording, and you're allowed to change your mind, that you wanted to add as one of your things on your record the first time it felt good getting fucked in the ass. <laughs> it was your very first time a feel-good time? No, it was never right. that never good. Was. It right. was never like that. You want I wanted it, but I couldn't have put my finger on it. Like, it didn't feel good. I would say it's only <laughs> in the past couple of years where I and it was a slow acceptance for me. It's funny. I've been doing stand up for 10 years, but I've been fucking around with guys for probably about 20 years now. And I've been joking about it, too. But I would have <laughs> never called myself bi. I would have never. I would say, like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm not gay. I just, you know, like guys sucking my dick, just stuff like that. It's like straight up out of a movie or something <laughs> that of like a guy who does it, you know, on old school or something. A guy on a football team who's like, no, 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 dude, it just like feels good. And, and it's like a, <laughs> yeah, one of your bros. Yeah. Bros can but fuck. It's that bad. But I, I fell in love with a guy slowly. Uh, a couple of years ago, he passed away. So that's very sad. I don't want to get into that part of it. But this is a very charismatic guy. very self-destructive. And he wanted me in such a way that I had never like experienced like uh, uh, any, you know, with women. I've never felt such a carnal, carnal desire from a woman before like that, where it's like, oh, my God, I want you. So, so it's like. He was very aggressive with me where uh, eventually I remember we had sex enough where I was like, oh, like I if this guy wasn't so self-destructive, I think I could fall in love with this guy. And I say now that he's passed, I would say that I loved him. But it was it's such an interesting feeling. I think I don't know if you guys one of the last time was this happened to you where it's like, oh, all the things I thought that were a way about me kind of have shifted and I just thought it was so fucking interesting to just like getting banged out all of a sudden where it was like, oh, this fucking feels great. I don't know. Do you like getting banged out, Caleb? No, so I'm famously <laughs> anti-sex. I, I think it's a chore. You know, I, I want to have sex because unfortunately I'm burdened with that. But I think, no, I mean, just the preparation of it all, the... The theater of it, the, like, and also here's what I will say, Steve. I would rather be fucked in a mean way, like where it's like angry, than when people try to be cute about it and like want to make jokes during it. I, <laughs> I hooked up for a while with this guy in Chicago that was always like 
talking like movie dialogue he, he'd, he'd always be like well it seemed you really liked that and i was like <laughs> ew no i when someone that Ooh, ugh, that ugh. makes me itchy. It's like that scene in Lady Bird after she fucks Timothy Chalamet for the first <laughs> time, and she goes, uh, she like looks at a picture of him as a kid and goes like, "Fast forward, who would have known?" And it's like, Ew! Yucky, yucky, yucky. Uh, there's just something so cool about to me growing up as perceiving myself to be as a heterosexual guy. You think of sex as one way, but it's just such a different thing to. Oh, to say, oh, I want. I remember thinking at some point, man, if I could be a woman for a day, I would like have sex so much. I think that would be so cool. Like I would like for someone to be inside of me. And then I, I was know. like, oh, I was like, oh, I guess I could just do it this way too. <laughs> so it's such a cool, different feeling to turn yourself over to something, to someone, to just like literally be like getting used in that way. This has nothing to do with love. This has a feeling where you're just automatically like gratifying someone. At such a base carnal way, which I had never felt that way with a woman where she needed me physically like that. It's such a like dope ass cool feeling that I think uh, people are missing out on. I would say straight guys are guys who aren't willing to explore that shit. It's such a dope, cool human feeling that if you don't allow yourself to feel that, I think you're like missing out on like some of the, the most glorious uh, it's a glorious human experience. You talk about going from being quote unquote straight to fucking around with dudes and still not calling yourself queer to now being in this space where you're like, yeah, I love fucking dudes. I identify as queer. You and your partner, Julie, are open and you still you hook up with other folks. What, do you have something that you attribute this like transition to that other because there are a lot of straight men having gay sex that some of them are straight and just it's a power thing, but then other of them I think would be more free if they would take this approach you've taken, but can't get past this like fucked up man stuff that we have in our head of being like straight. straight. This is a this is an <laughs> earnest ask of Caleb's, but it's also him pleading to his type. He's like, if uh, you're a man that's straight, straight and you want to hug men, please just be open to just that. Be, like, try, like, like Steve has evolved. How about the straight guys about that the I'm into? That be I'm into also be evolved. He's asking an earnest question, and I do think you should answer it. But I do, I did need to note that he that was an, also a campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I used to be a youth pastor at a mega church. One of my things touch on that. And so I didn't give a fuck about then it. I knew then that I was being a loser in the world. Like I truly knew to be a youth pastor <laughs> was a loser thing. I remember being 22 or 23. And, and then my I remember they had the baccalaureate, which I don't know if you guys have the baccalaureate. In I the skipped Midwest. it because it was religious. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they have a baccalaureate that's like a religious graduation where they had it at our mega church that was in West Covina. And they were like, oh, can you speak? You used to go to West Covina. And I spoke. And I remember uh, it was my English teacher, Mr. Akuro, who was a good, great teacher. And I remember he was like, hey, Steve, how you doing? And I was a good writer. We had, you know, we I liked him. And he, I remember he like, I was like, yeah, I'm right here. I'm on fire for the Lord. And I remember the look of like. I'm on fire for the Lord. He like pitied me. Like, truly, uh, you, you don't know what it's like to be pitied by an English teacher. <laughs> but I could tell in his eyes he pitied me. So I felt like a loser. So uh, to go from there to stand up comedy, it, to me, they're almost the same thing. All, all I'm saying is, is if I'm if I'm doing stand up comedy, I'm trying to tell the truth. It's why I do this. I'm trying to figure out who I am. And to me, I'm like, why would you 
be this, do this if you have to lie, if you can't be who you are. So to me, I've just been always exploring that. I tried to tell that some of this gay shit, I tried to like make jokes about it when I started comedy 10 years ago, but I, it's so hard. I had to figure out how to say it in a way because straight guys won't laugh at a lot of it because then it means they're gay. So I had to figure out how to say things in a way for them to artic to for them to be okay with it. So I mean, I just re- it's not easy. I had to fight for it, and you know, I have to tell my family. I remember with my ex-wife, I we brought we shared a girlfriend once we shared. I brought her to a family party. Big mistake. You know, I'm a loser. Oh, I've like made a bunch of dumb mistakes, but I honestly, this is who I am, and I'm like, you know. It's it's hard. It's easier just to go with the flow. So it's not easy, but I do it for, you know, the fucking Mexicans in Covina. Uh, I do this. I talk about this so that they'll begin to come out. I tell them from the stage at the chatterbox, I'll be like, you know, you guys know you have that sad gay uncle who lies and he comes around and he has to lie. And, you know, he's sad around your grandma. I was like, do you want that for your friends? Do you want that for you? I tell them the shit when I'm bartending. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just going to take a while, especially Mexicans. I was talking to my friend Jonathan Sutterwile, who's a very funny comedian. He just did the HBO Latino thing. We have to fight to normalize this shit a lot more than other people. So we just got to talk about it more because I do think so many more guys are uh, gender fluid and queer and do the shit in secret and jack off to fucking guys and do all this stuff. It's normal. We got to talk about it more. We got to be loud about it. All that kind of shit. We have to be brave. <laughs> we have to be brave. And if you're Stephen a straight guy, brave comedian. And if you're a straight guy that Caleb thinks is cute, give be it a brave, shot. Be brave, bitch. Be brave. Stop be, being a fucking coward. There is nothing in more me. manly than if you were to have sex with Caleb. That's so true. That's pretty hot, though. I like that for you, Caleb. A guy being mean to you when fucking you. I like that. Oh, for look, you. God, I hate that I said that. You look, did I, say. I, I don't always like sex that way. I'm just saying I far prefer it most of almost always to like the way that people and people do this with all parts of their life. But I particularly hate it during sex because then I'm naked. People try to make their life like uh, they try to write the movie of their life while they're living it. And you're having sex with them and they're being like, you know, saying these little things that are like, why are you saying that? I do like, write the movie of my life when I'm in the car in the rain. Yeah, but you're alone and no one is inside of mm-hmm. you. So, you know, I so did not say journey. that. Well, that's how it should be, honey. Just kidding. Usually when I'm driving alone in the car, there's also no one inside of me. Almost always. Almost explicitly. <laughs> uh, now, I, I touched on my third Steve? one. Steve? I have to stop you. Yes. We have to throw to a break. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I fucking rudely Steve, cut I you off. Apo- hey, I want to apologize for my partner here. Sorry, we're back. We're back. Oh, don't worry. Maybe, maybe you were, maybe you were hitting on me by being mean to me. That's what I figured. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that was foreplay for you. I'm gonna cut it this guy off, and maybe he'll cut me off. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. God. I will say there is something hot about that when someone's, when you're, if you're on the highway, someone's trying to pass you and you're not letting them and you go back and forth and back and forth, that's kind of hot. You find that hot? Can be. (laughs) If you're really, really working at it, 
You're both kind of you're both fighting. I each know other what on feeling it. she's talking about. It's like an <laughs> elevated aggression thing, and yeah, then where you're like almost smiling, like, "Oh, okay, are we doing yeah, this?" Yeah, like it's that not, kind of a thing. Not when I'm in a rush. Not when I need to be somewhere. It's <laughs> yeah. like a long road. Like I'm driving home from Chicago, yeah. and there's a car that like goes to pass me, and I'm like, "No, uh, <laughs> you're not gonna pass me." Hey, look. And then they're like. Babe, I want to. If Steve had been on my side about calling you out just now, I would have gone in on it. But since he was on yours, I have decided to agree. <laughs> Thank you. I do I'm that fickle. It's so odd. I, you know, the longer I'm on this planet now, I'm not surprised by most anything. But sometimes now, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, this person turns me on or this thing turns me on. It's like the craziest thing where. When you're younger, you know, I remember getting uh, an erection from the Christina Aguilera dirty video, like a straight up well, hard boner from watching a music video. That's crazy. Of course. That, no, but no. it was like 2 p.m. Like in the daytime. In it. Is she not? <laughs> it's 2 p.m. in the daytime. But Matt, I want you guys to picture literally watching a music video right now and just like, like what kind of an animal maniac gets hard from a music video? Give me a break. There's some hot music videos. Hey, it's a hot music video. <laughs> yeah. What are you getting horny and she's for now? Absolutely filthy. Uh, just juice. I, I, yeah, it's just about the juice, <laughs> a chemistry between someone when you're talking to them. Now that's all. That's all that gets me off anymore. You know, as open as I am and all these things, I'm sober now. I haven't drank in two years, so it is very hard to have sex with people unless you like them. It's mm -hmm. one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. I really hate it. Uh, <laughs> I liked all that mindless drunk sex rolling around group sex, you know, crazy shit happening. But now I have to enjoy the person. But about once a year pre pandemic, you meet somebody at a bar or, you know, somewhere at a party and you start talking and that juice gets fucking cooking, baby, out of nowhere. I remember the last time this happened for me was at Mendocino Farms downtown. This Shut little redhead. Don't talk about Mendocino, Mendocino Farms. Farms. <laughs> There's this little redhead hostess. I was meeting my friend John Gove there and uh, we were meeting for lunch and they like say, oh, these are our specials. Or whatever. There's this short redheaded hostess, a little short stack. And we were just talking and then we, her and I started no cooking like really like woo like so much so that afterwards my friend john was like what was that like i don't know if you've ever been with a friend and they're like what was that and i'm like i don't know and he's like you should go get her number <laughs> and i was like i just you know kayla mentioned it i'm you know i'm non-monogamous julie is pretty mon monogamous but it, i'm like very i do my best to be very responsible about it my last marriage i was not responsible i was this bad guy i was the bad i was the i wore ethical slut t-shirt you know i was as bad as they come before <laughs> but now being responsible with non-monogamy basically means you don't do anything with anyone because someone's feelings are going to get hurt usually that's what i found so uh, he's like why don't you get that girl's number and i was like I don't want to explain this shit to someone. I was like, yeah. I'm going to look like a fucking fat Mexican creep. You know, I don't want them to understand all this stuff. It's like now the thing has to slow. Why do you guys think I have so many podcasts? It's to put it out there, baby. It's so someone could slowly <laughs> listen to me for eight, for eight years, hours of me and be like, you know, maybe I'll date the guy. So that's why I podcast. That's why I'm glad to be here today. My number three thing uh, should come to no surprise. I think now, because I've listened to the, to the first two episodes of this show, do you have any kind of religious upbringing, Shelby? I'm Jewish. So did you go to uh, synagogue? Yeah, I went to, I had, I didn't, I was never like an every Shabbat uh, temple person, but I went to Hebrew school Tuesdays and Thursdays and Sunday school on Sundays. 
and I went to a uh, Jewish camp. So do you guys sing songs? Uh, yeah. And he- mostly in he almost explicitly in Hebrew. I'm like, maybe kind of in Hebrew, but it's Hebrew. You don't get lost in the songs like we do over in evangelical. Oh, Christianity, some of them you do. Some, oh, of them yeah. are, <laughs> some of them are absolutely gorgeous tonally. Do I know what I'm saying most of the time? No, I'd have to Google it. But there's one at camp that we sing that like, I don't sing know. It. No, sing no, no, it. no, I would need a group because what I was going to say is that I don't know who decided who goes into what part, but everyone just kind of harmonizes with each other and has you just choose where you lie in the song and the whole camp is singing. There's like four different canons going. Stunning, beautiful. One of the most gorgeous songs I've ever heard. Do one of them. No. <laughs> do you know the name of the song? We do it at the end of Shabbat to end uh, the Sabbath. It's called End of Shabbat Song. <laughs> no. Can you imagine? Can it's you imagine a, if all of the Hebrew prayers were like, <laughs> were they, it, the, when translated, it was like beginning of prayer service, mid prayer service. Led Zeppelin 2, End of Shabbat Song. Uh, I was a mega church youth pastor, but I started off as a worship leader. And so my number three one is one of my, I, there was two songs, but this is the one I picked when you're fucking leading worship and the Holy Spirit drops in and that fucking shit starts cooking during pour out my heart. That's one of my songs. Can, can you sing a little bit of that one for us, Steve? Uh, yeah. I mean, you got to listen to it. Don't listen to me sing it. I'll sing it maybe after. Wait till you guys hear it. this version isn't too dissimilar from the one we would play too. till that. So this is the last song in a five-song worship series right here. Right now, everyone's already, eyes are closed, their hands are raised. They fucking know what's going to hit them right here. Here we go. Here comes me. Here I am. Once, Once again. Absolutely, Come Steve. Come I, I know that you hear every sound. So you that's obviously iconic. No matter If anybody in the house wants to be saved tonight, come down to the altar. Here it comes right here. <laughs> Absolutely not. Safety of this place. I'm longing to pour out my heart. Come on. Say that I love Let's go. Does anybody love Jesus in the house? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to what? Jesus, the way! The way! <laughs> Mike, cut this shit. <laughs> so, dude, when we would lead worship, it would be, I mean, I had full band, three BGVs. You would do, I would hold up hand signals to lead them, right? So I'd give them a one for the verse music, two for the chorus music, three the Holy just fucking keep going right. like right now. So that <laughs> refrain right there, pour out my heart. And then sometimes I would take the music down right there. Acapella, pour out my heart. Like say that, like that kind of thing. Pour out my heart like that. Ah. Take it up a, a level two. An octave, dude. Honestly, it's the one thing I miss most uh, about, if, if, if the only thing about church is having 300, 1,000, 1,500 people closing their eyes, like lifting their hands, projecting like the love of God, like focusing on this one thing. It, it sounds like what you experienced, Shelby, is very similar, 
But that feeling when you like when everything's fucking firing at all cylinders, it's like killing a comedy, but it's different because singing. I mean, comedy can never compete with music. But when it would get cooking like that, that feeling of unification, that mankind was one. There's no feeling like that. Absolutely loved it. I do miss that shit. But it, it is like. It's I've never felt more at one with the universe than when I was worshiping a fake God that doesn't exist. So. so you don't worry, Steve, that putting this on your record and sending it into space might make aliens think that the Christian God is real and true. I want them to because I want them to go through the same bullshit as we had to. OK, <laughs> I, I had to figure it out, too. What yeah, you want them to have to, grow, to, have through, to it. grow through it, be yeah. we have it thrust upon them and then have to work your way back. Yeah. Have you seen how you guys know how reasonable Jewish people are? They're so nice. They're all well functioning Ugh. cut the shit all right i had to fight for this okay exactly. i had to figure out that well you know maybe god didn't write this book through men three thousand years ago i have to get emails from my mom with videos saying that the coronavirus uh vaccine is the mark of the beast all right i want those aliens to have to deal with that too we take a really strong stance on this pod that you seem to align with that jewish people are perfect you know julie and i are getting married very very soon uh she's not jewish i've always wanted to convert to judaism i love that religion so fucking it's like yeah there's a god he does whatever the fuck he wants and we just gotta deal with it i like that yeah. plus charlotte and harry sex in the city i've always wanted to convert for that shit's romantic <laughs> oh i'll i'll help you with your bar mitzvah if you want i love i mean i love all that stuff i love theology still i am going to start a bible podcast soon i've been fighting it for so long but for a bunch of different reasons i'm like all right i'm in a place where i love this shit so there's still so much i i love growing up like this and knowing the bible and all these things it's really fucked up in a bunch of ways but i want to start to re-explore it as like a real thoughtful thinking comedian uh and it's going to be called you made it weird with steve hernandez You know what? Before we get into your number four, I kind of want to play this or that. Okay. Let's do it. This or that. You know what this or that is. It's a speed round where we put 60 seconds on the clock and you have to answer a series of very quick questions. Would you choose one thing or the other? Uh, I'm going to start the time right now, shall we? Uh, Being able to jump really high or being able to fall asleep on command? Fall asleep on command. Shania Twain or Faith Hill? Shania Twain. Super bad or easy A? Super bad. Lady Gaga or Lady Fingers? <laughs> Lady Gaga, baby. Ray Romano or Romano Cheese? Ray Romano. Champagne for your real friends or real pain for your sham friends? Real pain for my sham friends. Travel to the past or travel to the future? Travel to the past. Pepper Jack or Peppa Pig? Pepper Jack. Covered in fur or covered in scales? Covered in fur. <laughs> Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles? Ninja Turtles. Know how you will die or know when you will die? When? Eggs Benedict or Benedict Cumberbatch? Benedict Cumberbatch. Hot dog or hamburger? Hot dog. And that's time. <laughs> you got through so many, Steve. Yeah. You're very decisive. I know, I, you know, I've listened to episodes. Everyone, I guess, talks about it more. But you guys are pretty quick. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, guys. But Steve is such a good podcast guest that when we tried to give him the rundown before the show, he cut me off and, and said, he was like, I've I know listened. how it goes. I've <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a professional, baby. You can't touch Steve Hernandez. I love podcasting. I get mad. I get mad when you hear like comedians say, I guess I have to start a podcast. I'm like, you piece of shit. Get away from me. <laughs> like, I love this art form. I love this platform so much. Okay, what's your next thing? Tell us about it. All right, number four. Uh, I, I worded this differently in the thing I sent you guys, but I will say it's the first time a woman lets you fill mm. her titty. And thank you for saying a woman lets you. Yeah. Let's start there. Let's start there. Yeah, the first time a woman lets you fill her titty. This is you're coming from a guy who grew up in church, so I think of this stuff. Now, I don't have too much of issues with sex stuff because of my Christianity, but there is like – I will say one of the first girls I dated very early on, I remember we were kissing on a couch and I like went to touch her boob and like I looked in her eyes and it was like such a pained expression. Like, cause she was Christian and she felt like, yeah, she was Christian. Like her face was so pained that I like touched her boob on her shirt. And then I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she's like, it's okay. I just like don't feel like that, like Christ would approve or anything like that. I was like, okay. Uh, and so now no, I remember I the my first real girlfriend in high school, like, and she was like a non-Christian and shit. So things were fucking rocking. Uh, but I'll never forget her face. I'll never forget the first time I touched titty meat. Titty meat. No. <laughs> and still to this day, it, it's still so soft. It's the softest meat. No. It's one of the softest qualities in a blanket. There's a Don't velvet call blanket. It meat. <laughs> it's meat. I'm not it's sure. Meat. I, and I, I do want to. That's that's why I worded it. I didn't want to just say it's touching this because it is the look uh, in the girl's in a woman's face where she's like giving, like saying, like you can do it, baby. You may you, touch my. Tip. You may touch my boob, and she's like smiling about it. Because I will. As much as I don't have any hangups about sex, I did have hangups about w- that women were like liked sex as much as guys did because I grew up in the church. I always thought they did it because they loved us. And then I'll never forget like, oh, this is just love for them. I'll never forget. I was still a minister when Eyes Wide Shut came out. Have you guys seen Eyes Wide Shut? Mm -mm. Dude, there's a scene where Nicole Kidman tells Tom Cruise like she saw the sailor guy and she wanted to fuck him so bad and she was willing to throw it all away for him. And I remember sitting in that theater at the Covina AMC 20 and like was like blown away. That she wanted to just have sex with this guy for carnal reasons. I was like blown away. <laughs> I will never forget the, I mean, I knew about Christian dating culture growing up because I was in it, but the worst of it honestly was when I was in undergrad and a bunch of guys in my fraternity were in these like new age Christian programs where like their pastors were setting them up with girls in sororities and they Yuck. wouldn't. They wouldn't like spend time alone because they didn't want to be tempted to kiss. And they like would get engaged after two months of dating because they had talked about it with their youth pastor. Like it was insane. These are 22 year olds. I don't like it. Disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's really gross. There's a book called, I don't know if you guys might be a little too young, but it was called I Kiss Dating Goodbye that like took Christian dating by storm. Well, you didn't date. You would just court. That was the big yeah. thing with this yes. guy. It's just courting. So you would be with the families, but I'm not interested in having fun with you. I only want to do this if we're going to get married and be yes. 21. I will say the, that's big in the Jewish culture, Orthodox Jews. Orthodox Jews get married, have kids. Do that quick. Do that quick. Also, that's like the whole reason for birthright when you – the <laughs> trip to Israel is oh, yeah. to for young – because there's a age cutoff. The reason they do that is because the point is to go to the Holy Land to meet – a partner. Did you do birthright? Not yet. 
and I'm running out of time. <laughs> you <laughs> and you're already married, it. so at this point it would be yeah, weird. Yeah, that's kids. the craziest part. The kid, because I don't want to leave. I, I'd have to find a sitter for so long. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I think I would love for these aliens to enjoy that feeling of somebody. Because I still, even to this day, whenever I get to, I'm lucky enough for a woman to like, you know, let. And I don't think that I know they have want to have sex with me, too. But I still think it's just so nice to get naked with somebody with somebody that that shows you their bodies. And you never know what their nipple, what color that it's going to be. I'm always surprised. It's just like <laughs> such a sweet, like very intimate thing about, you know, and I'm thinking about women right now is like, oh, I'm showing you this. You can touch these incredibly soft parts of my body. I just think it's such a sweet, like vulnerable thing. And, I, you know, I. I like I'm very appreciative. Thank you for giving me this gift and for sharing yourself with me in this way with guys. I'm just like, let's get gross and fuck. But with, but I still think it's very sweet. But with women, you say grace. Yeah. <laughs> you're a, you're a pervert with men, I but you're a simp the- with women. <laughs> yeah, for men, you're like, let's just do the do this. Hey, Steve, we have a question for you. Yes. What's one thing in all of human history? That you want stricken from the record. And Steve, doesn't have to be war. Or like murder. Famine. Or like Paul Walker dying. Because we know you love those things. (laughs) So you can just get to the things you don't like. Uh, You know what I really hate? It's one thing and then by extension another thing. But I just really, really hate the the Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. I know it makes so many people happy. Hate mail. Hate mail. I fucking hate the Lord of the yes, Rings. Bitch. I'm sorry, man. I've just, it's always bothered me. I tried reading. I love to read books. I tried reading The Hobbit when I was younger. All the different names and shit that really just bugs me. It really always bothered me that I couldn't figure out what the fuck was happening in these books. And then when the movies came out, and I was at the age where when the movies came out, you went to see these three hour motherfuckers at midnight the night before they came out so i remember going in big groups of friends to see these fucking long ass movies i fell asleep during the first one they're walking when i fell asleep i woke up the movie's over still walking didn't do anything for me yeah and then by extension what's it called game of thrones fuck that shit same thing i don't well i haven't seen it here's the thing I haven't seen either of them, so I have no problem striking them from the record. It would actually make me feel more in with the zeitgeist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like right now I'm like, yeah, that's a part of the world that seems to have a lot of gum- gusto. People love it. And I Lord don't. Lord of the Rings is one of those things that it's a bigger problem, but it's a really good example of the bigger problem, which is when people about media are like, Oh, you just have to pay really close attention and learn all this stuff <laughs> and understand these rules. And it's like, right. Or I could just watch a fucking movie that I don't have to know 17,000 different terms. There are people being like, well, you have to understand the map of middle earth. <laughs> and then you'll get, the and you're like, I don't want to know the map. Of, I don't know the map of the there. United States. I don't know <laughs> where North Dakota is. So you want me to learn middle earth? I don't know earth period. I really don't like fandoms to be honest. And they're just some of the craziest. Fan- I think there are so few things and, people that are deserving of fandoms i think like i would freak out over dolly parton i would freak out Thank over you. 
Stephen King. Like if I met, if I bumped into Stephen King at the mall, just because I started reading his shit like in middle school, I've read so many of his books. If I bumped into Stephen King, I would be like, oh, let me take a picture with you. If I bumped into Stephen King, I would run the fuck away. (laughs) 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 You catch my dust. Everybody else like giving themselves over to things. I don't know, man. As a child from abused home, I've got my walls up, baby. I'm not just giving myself up to these things, okay? My grandma made me uh, something about fandoms, apparently, in my grandma's head, a sweet angel who we love, is that she thinks they're genetic because my dad is a huge Star Wars fan. And I've never I've watched like one and a half of the movies uh, and none of those are a full one of the movies I've watched halves of many of them. Uh, not a fan. She made me a COVID mask that is Star Wars print and I wear it everywhere because I'm like, it's so sweet that she handmade this, but I'm like walking around LA and people are thinking I'm a fucking Star Wars freak. Meanwhile, she also made me a mask and it's gorgeous mud cloth. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I don't get to be stylish. I have to be a Star Wars freak, not freak like bad freak, like fanatic. It's so freeing to not be like that, too. I might have been that way about some things in my 20s, too. But the older I get, like Julia, we watch The Mandalorian and we just watch those. And she just we just when Baby Yoda comes on, we're just like, oh, look at him. Like, just look how cute he is. Like, look at this guy. (laughs) And then like Boba Fett recently in the second season pops up, which is like a like a hardcore character from Star Wars. And I was like, hey, you know who this guy is? And she's like, no. And I was like. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Let's just keep looking Fine, at that baby. fucking cute ass baby Yoda. Huh? And she's like, yeah. yeah. I've never seen a single Star Wars. Star Wars. And I've never seen The Mandalorian. <laughs> and I just don't think I want to get into it. I feel like there's two ways it can go. I'm bored. I don't want to watch it. It was a waste of time. Or I really do like it. And then I have to commit like, what, 18 hours of my life to figuring out all the other stuff. There's so many of them. And everyone's like, you have to watch six and then three and then two and then eight and then one. And you're like, why why wouldn't they make them in order? You know what? Just to cap this off, since we're deleting Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, I'll just go ahead and throw it in. Fuck Star Trek, too. Yeah. I don't need need any of this spacey shit fantasy world. Steve, thank you so much for being on the pod. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. We could have gone for a couple more hours. We really could have. Is there anything we didn't get to that you want noted for your records? Abs- I am not doing this one. No, it's too. No, <laughs> absolutely. Are you kidding me? There's one more and I'm not dropping Listeners, it now. you are missing out. Yeah, it's a good guys- one and we're never going to tell you what it is. Yeah. Steve, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. We had a blast. That's the end of the pod. Another one down. And now he has to die. Only a couple more until HeadGum sells us our souls back. (laughs) The agreement we made. (laughs) That was a HeadGum original.